Welcome back to another episode of Freedomology, the podcast. I'm Julie Christensen, your host, and I am so happy to have Cassandra Powell as my guest today. Cassandra is an entrepreneur. She started her first business at the age of 12. She enjoys looking for opportunities to grow and loves helping others to do the same. Her background is in music, and she is currently the music director at Apostolic Gospel Lighthouse in London, Ontario. In 2001, she founded the music company Divinely Orchestrated Music Group, which has since been changed to Powell House Company, where she teaches piano and vocal classes. In 2004, she was on the TV show Gospel Challenge, which aired on CTS, which I do believe is now Yes Television, isn't it? Yes, that's true. (laughs) This led her to being hired to be a judge and vocal coach on the show Gospel Dynamic Duets in 2008. In 2010, Cassandra was nominated for a Covenant Award for Gospel Song of the Year for her song Grateful. She travels regularly overseas as a vocal clinician and has helped many churches, schools, and organizations with their music programs. She was a volunteer music teacher with the organization Equipped to Serve in 2013 to 2017, and she served twice a year in Jamaica teaching in schools and churches and performing at community concerts. Cass was also a music professor at Canada Christian College, teaching private vocal piano lessons, as well as gospel choir, songwriting, and contemporary worship leading. She is on the faculty at Toronto Mass Choir's Power Up Music Conference as a workshop clinician. She enjoys hosting her podcast called Soul Songs and Shenanigans, where she shares her faith, love of music, and encourages her listeners to live, love, and lead well in their lives. And somewhere in there, there's usually talk of snacks. (laughs) Yes, Cassandra recently obtained her ministerial license in the spring of 2021, and she ministers through speaking engagements at various events throughout Ontario. Whether it be teaching, speaking, leading worship, or coordinating music events, Cassandra feels passionate about living a life that honors her God-given purpose. And like I say, I've I've known this girl since she was an itty-bitty little thing with ankle socks and bows and ribbons on them. <laughs> oh my, you're going to bring that out, huh? Really lace on the socks. <laughs> the things my mother did to me. Oh my. <laughs> We've known each other for a long time and uh, I am thrilled to have Cass. Cass I'm just going to call her Cass, okay, everybody? Uh, yeah. I'm just thrilled to have Cass on the show. So Cass, like your whole life has been music. Yes. As long as I've known it. <laughs> I love that you started your first business at 12. You're a woman after my own heart. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about that. What, you know, what was the thing about entrepreneurship, about self-employment that you were just like, this is me? Well, it's interesting because at the age of 12, I didn't know that's what it was. I was just like, ah, I need to make some money. And actually it wasn't even music related. So, you know, my parents, our allowance was limited back then. So I was like, man, I got to buy these shoes that I want to buy or whatever. I made, I still remember I made up these like little ads for babysitting. And I went around my entire neighborhood, knocked on doors to see if anybody would let me babysit their kids. Now I'm thinking if a 12 year old came to my door, I'd probably be like, are you crazy? <laughs> so <laughs> like, you're going to watch my kids. You're still a kid. But I was determined I could do this. So there was one family that had pity on me. They didn't allow me to babysit their kids right away. But she said, you know what? Why don't you walk our daughter to the bus stop every morning? That was how I learned how to be responsible. I made some little extra cash. And then when I turned about 16 or 17 after business for a few years, they then hired me to be like their main babysitter. So that's that's where it all started. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can do my own thing. (laughs) 
So when did you when did you know that that was going to expand into something bigger? I think probably when I turned about 16 or 17 is because I had been taking piano lessons from the time I was like six years old. So when I started playing more, you know, on a weekly basis, I had people asking me for lessons. So I said, okay, well, there's obviously a need for this. So again, I knew from my little business, I started at the age of 12, I can just put ads together and I can probably Mm -hmm. get even more students. So I started at the age of 16 and then I'm like, wait, there's something here. So I think at that age, I knew that I probably wasn't going to be a nine to five type of person. I just didn't know necessarily how that was all going to come together, but I felt it back right. then. Uh-huh. Now, have you yeah. ever done a nine to five? I have. And, and what was, was that like for you? Tell the truth. It, oh, <laughs> it was, it was just not me. And I thought, okay, it'll be cute. Like, as it was an office job and I'm like, I can dress up and, you know, have like lunch buddies and it'll be fun. And that lasted for about a week. And then I <laughs> was I was the worst employee. Like, honestly, I was awful. So in between like calls that I'd have to make, I would be writing songs. So I would call back then it was the answer machine, you know, you had in your phone. So I would call my voicemail at home and I would record songs that be whispering, singing over the phone. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think this job is for me. Like, yeah, because I couldn't make my own hours. You know, I had to follow somebody else's rules and, I mean, if that's what you enjoy doing, some people thrive in that environment. But for me, I just felt like I was feel I was feeling claustrophobic kind of in that environment. Mm, very, very mm-hmm. structured. Right. So mm-hmm. it just it just didn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, like I wonder now what it's like for that next generation. That's part of this great resignation. You know, like I think yeah. people are just they've had a taste of what it's like to work from home and to be flexible. And they've seen the positive aspects Mm -hmm. of that. And they've seen the pitfalls of it. And now they're just like, dude, I don't need to, I don't need you to watch me work. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) It's true. I I remember, oh gosh, it was back in 07. I was, I was doing a contract job for, for this employer who shall remain nameless. I, I was driving up to Fort Erie every day. And I'm like, what for? What am, I, what am I doing here? And I, I used to say to my boss all the time, like, I can't work here. I can't right. work in this environment. There's too much noise. There's too much distraction. You've got people on the phone selling all day long. Right. And you want me to be creative. I cannot be creative in this environment. Let me work from home. Right. I can save myself a half an hour of time. Yes. I, I can, I can work in a nice, quiet environment. And he was like, well, how will I know the work's getting done? I'm like, cause it'll be done. <laughs> like, Very simple. <laughs> which part of that, you know, like you're asking me to, to actually produce content. Right. Where everybody else in the office is doing sales. So the only way that you will know that they are actually making sales calls, if you see them making the calls. Right. But for me, you'll know the work is getting done because I'll be delivering you content. (laughs) And how did that work? No. (laughs) When we, it was a nine month contract. When we get month to month number eight, I said, just so you know, when, when this thing is done, we're done. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm not working here. Yeah. Oh, well, I can't afford to pay you anyways. I was like, you're so full of lies, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> we'll agree to disagree and I will not come back to work the day after this contract is done. Like exactly, finished. exactly. Insanity. <laughs> like you want me to drive all the way to Fort Erie to sit in an environment where I can't be productive because you want to see me produce. Right. Even if you let you try it, like, okay, let's try this for three months and see how we do. Yeah. But what what yeah. he what he decided was that if I was going to work from home, he was going to cut my pay. And I was like, not in the Oh, <laughs> absolutely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> For all of you white folk listening, I just said nothing's going to go like that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> my Jamaican just came out a little bit. It came out strong. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, no, no, you're not going to give me a pay cut for working in an environment where I can actually produce more. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, that doesn't make any sense at all. Oh, Lord, have mercy. But yeah, I mean, I, I've done the nine to fives. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've done the shift work. I've done it. I've done it all. The only thing I have not done is worked in food. Okay. I've worked Never in had food. had a job in food. Uh, but I did mm. retail. I did office. Yes. I, I was a temp. You know, like I did all the things. Yes. And I'll tell you what, like it on some levels, I loved the nine to five where it was like, go to work, you know, exactly what you're supposed to do. You just do those things. And at the end of the day, you pack it away and you don't have to right. think about it. You, you're not taking anything home. Yes, that's you true. You just go. I did not mind those jobs at all. Yeah. But when you have to be emotionally invested and, and then people are trying to tell you how to invest your emotions so that you can do the job, <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh, I don't think I, I, I just can't. I can't yeah. Do it. yeah. You just weren't built for that. Yeah. It's very no, simple. no. So <laughs> tell me about, tell me about some of the, or tell our audience about some of mm -hmm. the, the things that you've done. Cause you've done some really cool things and your, your bio doesn't even. Some of the stuff oh, you've done, like you've you. gone overseas and, you know, you've been back to your own high school where you graduated from yes. and done music <laughs> workshops for them and all sorts of really cool stuff. So tell us a little bit about some of the things, some of the adventures that you've had that have just been like the most fun, the things that stick out for you in terms of your memory. Uh, okay. So the first one that came to mind was the first time I was a clinician overseas and that was in, in London, England. And it's in this, the backstory is kind of interesting because there was like an organization that I was a part of that they were really trying to control me. And I, and I was young, I was maybe 21, 22. And I just said, you know what? I just can't stand with what you guys believe in or what you're about. And so that was the first time I decided I'm going to step out on my own. I don't have an umbrella. Nobody knows me outside of Ontario, really. I don't think other people knew me outside of Ontario at that point. And so I just decided now is the time. I don't know how it's going to work, but let's just figure this out. And literally that same year was when I was booked to go overseas. It was somebody that I had been in school with and her parents have a church in London. And she was like, my parents want you to come. It was like an all expenses paid trip. What? I'm like, sign <laughs> me <laughs> So that was like, it, it like, it just proved to myself that wait, I can do this on my own. Right. And I can like stand for what I believe in and for what's going on for me and not always be about somebody else's agenda. And this can actually work. So that gave me a lot of confidence. So another really cool experience was the first time I went to Poland and another friend of mine had gone, he had conducted a choir there. 
now I do gospel music. So I'm like, Poland and gospel music. How do these two even go together? Uh-huh. But if you've ever watched the movie Sister Act 2 or Sister Act 1, that's my absolute favorite movies of all time. Sister Act 2 in particular. Well, because of that movie, people in Poland, it's predominantly Catholic in that country. They love the movie Sister Act. So they know, everybody knows, oh, happy day. And everybody knows joyful, joyful. Like anybody that we met, they couldn't speak English, but they could sing those songs. <laughs> so from that, there was a group that said, we really want to start gospel music across the country. So they would go and do workshops. And then they bring in guest conductors from different places. So I got to be a guest conductor and I wasn't sure what to expect. And let me tell you, I was blown away. I was seeing nuns in the audience that were like literally doing the stuff you see on Sister Act, like clapping and dancing. I'm like, That's awesome. what is happening? This is real life. <laughs> it was so wild to me. So I got to teach. That was one of my biggest workshops that I taught. There was 400 people in the choir, 400 wow. plus. And I was terrified. Like I can't even pretend that I went there and I was fully confident. When I saw this amount of people sitting in front of me and they're like, okay, you're going to be using a translator. I had never taught using a translator. So I had to teach differently and slow things down and then wait for them to interpret it. And then it was because in my classes, I, I try to use a lot of humor. So what was interesting is the few people that could speak English and understand English, it was like they would laugh at my joke and then the translator would say it. And then the second group would laugh at the joke. So it was like quite fascinating. But that was like, to date, probably one of my most favorite experiences overseas. It was just so different, you know. What's your takeaway from Poland? Like if, if I could say, what were the top three things you learned just from that one trip? What would, what would they be? Okay, my top one would say, I would say do it afraid, right? Because I was terrified I was going into a new environment. And I still went anyway. So that, that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that people are the same wherever you go, right? So yeah, there might be some cultural differences, but with music, what I have found is that wherever I've gone, that's what's connected me to other people. And then number three, I would say, I would just learn to be open to new experiences and not just stay with what I was comfortable doing, staying where like I knew everybody, where I knew how everything was supposed to go. So just taking that step out of sight of your comfort mm. zone, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I remember it's got to be, I don't know how many years it is now, five, six years ago. It was the year Brad got married. I don't know if okay. you remember this conversation. You and I were chatting. <laughs> I was talking to you about this one woman show that I had written and how terrified I was. <laughs> yeah, put that thing out into the world and you kept saying just do it girl just do it and I was like I don't think I can you know like, I was so scared <laughs> I was so terrified and it was probably two years after that after okay. that conversation that I I got a set of emails from Cam H and they were promoting this thing called One Brave Night and so the whole idea of One Brave Night is that you do something completely outside of your of your comfort zone right and you ask people to donate money for the fact that you're doing that and then you take that money and you donate it to CAMH for their mental health research so I was like <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should do the thing yeah uh, even like to date that doing that and following through with that your voice was in my oh. head the whole time 
That means so much. (laughs) It was hands down the scariest thing I've ever done. But then you did it. I did it. And And how did you feel after you did it? I had it videoed. (laughs) I had it recorded for posterity. Yes. I had put little clips of it into my speaker reels and stuff. But I'm just like, even now when I watch it, I'm just like, I feel so cringy. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like, I can't believe I did that. But at the same time, I'm glad I did it. You know, like it was such a huge, it was a, it was a breakthrough. Mm, And that's the only way I can put it. It was me really, really pushing my boundaries Mm. to do something that it's not that I'm ashamed of the work. Right. It's just that, you know, you know, like when you're going to do something new. Yeah. And it's not something that people are accustomed to, like public speaking, right? Like for you, public speaking was a new thing. Right. Um, And then that fear that people will not receive it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so you spoke at the Ontario Women's Conference last year. (sighs) You were (laughs) freaking amazing. Oh my goodness. Thank you. So talk to me a little bit about what that whole, that journey has been like, like evolving out of a music teacher, workshop leader into public speaker. What's that been like for you? Well, it started years ago. I was just, I was, I've always been comfortable doing music, not to say I don't get nervous because I still get nervous at times if, if it's a new environment, that type of thing. And in my workshops, obviously I have to speak in addition to singing and when I'm leading in church, I'm speaking in some aspect, but I feel comfortable because it's kind of within a box that I'm comfortable in. Yes. And so I remember years ago, different people would say to me, like, I, I feel like you should be doing more than music. Like I can see you speaking. And I was like, ha ha, that's never going to happen because <laughs> just the thought of it was terrifying. And I'm like, no, I, I literally had no interest. It's not like, okay, it's in the back of my mind. Maybe I can do this. Like I had no interest whatsoever in doing this. And so as years go by, I'm feeling it stronger and stronger. I was having dreams that I was speaking in front of people Mm. and I'm like, oh no, this, this has got to be a lie. Did I have pizza last night? This did not (laughs) be my life. Absolutely not. And so it came around the time where our pastor approached myself and my husband about going for our ministerial license. And I, I just laughed. I'm like, oh, that's not going to happen because I felt like if I took that step, then what did that mean? What's, what was the other side of that? Obviously, the expectation, even in my own local church, is that I'm going to speak because I now have papers, right? And not to say you, you can do it without having that, uh-huh. but I just uh-huh. felt like automatically there's going to be this expectation. I'm going to have to do something that I don't want to do. But at the same time, I really felt that this is what I needed to be doing. I felt God pushing me in this direction. So I finally said yes. And I figured, okay, maybe I can kind of work my way into this speaking thing slowly. Like maybe, you know, do like a small group type thing at my church where I know everybody. Like I literally thought that's how it was going to go, but that's not (laughs) how it went at all. So then I'm getting phone calls to speak at, we had like a a camp, which there were hundreds of people there. They wanted me to do this service there. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding. I have not even spoken at my own personal church. And then I remembered my own thing that I probably told you, right? Well, even if you're afraid, do it anyways, just yeah. do it. I'm like, well, I've been telling people this for so long, like just do it even if you're scared or petrified. So I said, yes. And then that leads us to the ladies conference that I spoke at. 
I am telling you between those two events, I lost a lot of sleep. I was so scared. I was crying. I am like venting to my husband and he was like, babe, you are ready for this. I don't even know why you're nervous. Like you are so ready. And I'm like, I'm glad you feel that way, but I don't feel that way inside. And so I remember like, I'm getting ready and I knew what I was going to speak on, but even down to the morning of, I like, I think it was that probably at five o'clock in the morning. Cause I didn't really get any sleep. And I remember I drove down like the camp that we're at is like lakefront. So I drove down to the lake and I'm sitting there and I'm crying. I'm like, why did I say yes? And I'm trying to figure out ways that I can possibly get out of it. Or I can pretend I'm sick and I can't show up. Like I came up with everything. And then I just said, Cass, you're going to do this. You've made a commitment and you're just going to follow through. And it somehow it's going to work out. Thankfully it did work out, but I can't say that I went up there feeling like so confident or anything. I just prepared the best way I knew how to prepare. And then when it was over, I was like, okay, I don't know if I want to do that again, but <laughs> I made it through, but I'm finding that every, each time it's getting a little bit easier. And I don't know if the nerves will completely ever go away, but I think nerves are a good thing too, because that means that you care about, you know, what you're doing. So Absolutely. that was that experience. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I can, I can relate to that just in ter- uh, from the other side, you know, cause I'm a public speaker. So right. for me getting up on stage is like, okay, you know, <laughs> like, I'm always a little, I'm always a little bit nervous, but at the same time, I'm just kind of like, this is, this is what you do. Okay. Right? This is good. what you do. This, this is, this is easy. It's, well, yeah. I shouldn't even say that it's easy, but it comes naturally. Okay. Right? Public yes. speaking comes naturally to me. Right. Singing also comes naturally to me, but I am not really a performer okay where music is concerned I am more of like I think I do better from the piano than I do from the pulpit let's put it that way okay yeah right like okay. I'm, I'm I'm good over because you're comfortable there yeah yes. I'm, I'm good over <laughs> here and hide behind this thing I don't yes. need to I don't need to worry about tripping over my own feet <laughs> while I'm trying to lead worship because that'll true. happen right <laughs> No, almost happened the other day. I was, oh. I was like getting caught up in worship and I was like, I'm going to fall. Oh no. <laughs> I just caught myself. I'm hoping everybody else just thought like Julie's just having a glorious right? <laughs> She's just doing a little She's not ready to fall out. <laughs> that would be awful. Oh my yeah. Lord. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I feel that like, as you do something more, Mm-hmm. Right. It's what I teach my clients in therapy. Like the more you do it, the more comfortable you become with it and the more confident you become. And just because you're nervous doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Right. Right. It's the, true. The nerves are the nerves are like you say, it's an indication that you care. Right. But you'll also find that as soon as you you're up there and you start, like once yes. you get, the nerves fall away and then you can yes. just step into the thing, right? I totally agree. I feel like that has a greater application for, for those of us who are still struggling to find our purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're like Cass says, do it afraid, step into it, step yes. into it. Cause everything you want is on the other side. Right. It's true. Fear, right. It's on the other side of the fear. So if you let the fear hold you back, you never, you'll never know. If and that's me is worse. That thing or not. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. It's true. So talk a little bit about the podcast because your podcast is awesome. Oh, thank um, you. So 
talk a little bit about how that came to be. Like, what made you think, oh, I think I'll do a podcast next. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. So that was like just a creative outlet for me. And it started during the pandemic. I'm like, you know what? what? There's no better time than right now. I have a whole lot more time than I normally do. So this is the perfect time. And I had done like a pilot of the show it wasn't called soul songs and shenanigans and I don't remember what it was called but it was like years prior and then I kind of chickened out and didn't do it but funny thing is when I was in high school they had in our yearbook most likely to become and people voted me that I was gonna be like the next Oprah right <laughs> like you're gonna because I talked to everybody at school I mean I would stay at school late I'd be chatting up with everybody right or asking them questions or interviewing that I didn't think it was interviewing them, but I guess I was preparing for a lot of stuff now. So it kind of just that interest started back then. And I'm like, yeah, and I actually wanted to be like a talk show host. I wanted to have like a radio show. And then I was like, "Ah, I don't really know if I can make a whole lot of money doing that. So I kind of left it behind. And then podcasts became a thing. And I was like, this actually will be a really fun thing for me to do. That's really just for me, not I'm not doing it for somebody else like this is just something I can like plan everything out the way that I want to plan it out so that's kind of the background of how it came together so it's been a lot of fun and you've had how many seasons now it's been I just I finished six seasons so I took a break for a while because it got kind of crazy in my life and I'm going to be starting back in the spring so in about a month from now yeah I'm excited about it That's awesome. And, you know, like it's it's interesting that you say that that started during the pandemic. I think a lot of super creative things started during the pandemic. Absolutely. Yeah, it's true. Partly because we were bored and we were tired of eating chips. And yes, (laughs) it's so true. Um, And watching Netflix. (laughs) Right. There's only so much you can do. It's so true. Like I need I need to find something to do with my brain. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I wrote yeah. four books in 2020 because I was just like, oh my goodness, <laughs> so so that, that's do. phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> yeah. So and so other things have happened over the last little while. The last few years have been very eventful for you. Like even pre-COVID, you met yeah. your well, you didn't meet your love. You discovered your the love of your life. And you got married <laughs> yes. and you had a little man. So how has that just added another layer of richness to your life? Like just being part of a family of your own and raising a little boy. What's that like? Yes, it's been amazing, hectic, crazy. Like there's so many emotions I could think of all just encapsulates how my life has changed. Like I've been married for six, almost six years coming up in June. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, time really flies. And then my son, a Zion, he just turned three. My husband's name is Andre. Um, my, my son just turned three. And of course, that just added like another level of madness around here. <laughs> but definitely fun. Now, I think when I was single, I mean, I only had to think about myself. And so I did as many things as I could possibly do. I stayed really, really busy. And I mean, I'm still pretty busy now. It just looks different than when I was single. And so when my husband and I got together, I call him the breaks in the relationship because I am like the free spirit. I will say yes to everything. I don't like to do the same thing day after day. Like I need something different each day to make my life feel amazing. And 
And so he's more like, I would say more structured, which is exactly what I needed. <laughs> and so if there's like an opportunity that comes up, I'll like, let him know I'm all excited. He's like, okay, but you have these other seven things that you're doing. So which one are you going to let go of? So you can do this. So you're not overwhelmed. That's been the best thing for me. So now that's caused me to like sit down and think about, do I want to say yes to this opportunity? Do I have the time to do it so I can do it well? As opposed mm-hmm. to when I was single and I just said yes to everything and then felt insane at times. Like mm-hmm. just, it just got crazy. And then having a son that has also caused me, I had no choice, but to slow down. If you've had a baby, then you know all about that. And now we're in the toddler series of, of life. And I apologize. You may hear him in the background. He's, he's supposed to be taking a nap, but he's jumping up and down right now in his bed and he's singing. So if that's you hear that sign in the background, but he is just like so much fun. And because of him, I also had to create more structure, right? So the things that I do take on are really meaningful, right? And they were, there are things that I've thought well about before taking them on because I'm like, I have a family to consider. So I can't just say yes to everything. So those have been like the positive changes, but I've never been happier and more fulfilled. So I'm, yeah, really grateful for the both of them. Have you changed the way that you interact with music in your home since Zion has been part of of your of your life or do you do things the same like are you are you teaching him music with the expectation that he's just going to soak up whatever you give him are you are you kinder music musicking it like what are you doing okay so I I do it pretty much the same as how I did it before so I'm practicing like I don't practice when he goes to bed like he, and he actually really loves music. He's a very musical child, which is pretty cool. The interesting thing about him is that when he was in the womb, he would, when I would play music, he would kick me in rhythm. And so I remember saying to my husband, I feel like we have a drummer. He was like, how do you know that? I'm like, I'm telling you, this kid is going to be a drummer. Like how is in the world this baby is kicking me in rhythm to what I'm playing and came out and this kid, you'll, you'll never see him without a set of drumsticks. He is everywhere. Our entire house is like a drum set. He plays on everything. In fact, like he doesn't even really watch kids shows. He wants to watch like drum videos. So he'll just stand there right with his drumsticks and he's watching all these drum videos of cover songs or whatever. And he's like, standing there like he's watching Coco Melon, right? Which he used to watch when he was younger. <laughs> but now he's like, forget about Coco Melon. He wants to watch it. So I, like, we play music all the time. My husband, although he's not a singer, he loves and appreciates music. So we play music all the time in the house. So I, whether or not he grows up to be a musician or he's in music, like, that's mm-hmm. not necessarily my main concern. But I just want to make sure that we have an environment that's like fun and full of music and worship and things like that. Right. right? So, yeah. 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 As, as you were describing that, I was actually thinking of your cousin Bradley, who yeah. <laughs> was the same, like Brad as a little, as a baby, just, you know, yes. drumsticks, everything. And, you know, when, when music videos came out, he would watch, like he'd watch those gospel videos yes. and he would learn every single drum <laughs> lick, you know, it's so true. So yeah. it's in the blood. It's in the blood, mm-hmm. man. Like that, that love for, for music and your brother is a drummer as well. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. He comes by that honestly, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's so cute. That's awesome. So let's talk about what might be next because you, you have, your journey has been such an interesting one with lots of surprises. Yes, that's true. Right. Like it, it, 
it hasn't been one of those things where it's like, go to school, get a good job, <laughs> work 30 years, collect your pension, right? Like you, you have had just this really interesting, twisty, windy journey to where you are now. So what do you envision as being down the road for you? Now, down the road. Well, the thing that is that's on my heart the most is my husband and I, we completed one year of university so far to do our psychology and counseling degree. So we finished. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) So I might be coming to you for lots of tips. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I, I feel like where, I guess I'll just put it out there. My dream would be a powerhouse company. So right now, like that covers my music career. And that also covers my husband. I sometimes we speak together and we might do speaking engagements Uh, a lot of times we get asked to do it together and that's been happening more and more. And so my dream would be to have a house that's big enough to bring people in for like a weekend. And it literally be powerhouse co. So we come in and whether we bring a therapist in and we kind of just do some sessions with people, include music in that almost like a retreat. Like that's, that would be like what I would see next for us, whether or not that will happen right away or down the road, I'm not sure, but that's, that's kind of one of my dreams that, that, you know, we're working towards. And then that retreat, we want to be able to travel and do that as well. Right. So, because we love traveling and to give people that experience, but then when they come there, there's like a purpose for that as well. So right. we want to be able to plan the entire event from excursions to sessions. And so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of where my mind is at, where my husband's mind is at too. So I, I feel like after two and a half years of what we've been through, Yes. People need that. Yeah. They they need their souls to be fed. Right. That's not to say that they haven't had their souls fed through through online church and all the things that we've done, you know, to, to yes. try and make uh worship and word accessible to people throughout the pandemic. But right. All of that was done, you know, like you can only attend church from your couch for so long. I totally agree. You can you can only live you know, people, people have been having problems in their marriages. Yes. Because the North American system of marriage Mm -hmm. is that you really only spend a few hours, a few waking hours with this person that you've committed your life to. The rest of the time they're at work, you're at work, kids are at school. You don't actually spend a whole lot of time with your family. No, you don't. Right. And then, so you bring all these people together who really only spend maybe three or four hours a day together and you cram them in the house. Oh my. And now they have to spend 24 <laughs> seven together, try and get their work done, shut them kids up and keep right? them on the computer so that they can do their schooling and help them with their math. And they're crying because they're bored and they want to go outside and they miss their friends. And yeah, right. Like that's just yeah. all of that. It's a lot. It is. And I feel like people are just like, oh, I just, I just need, <laughs> I just need a little time. Yeah, it's, time. it's so true. Yeah. And, and that's what we've seen in the pandemic. My husband and I, we mentor uh, like a good amount of youth and young adults. And, and that's what it's been a lot of that. You know what I mean? Just trying to help people through different scenarios and situations Ooh. that they're going through in the home. Because if there were problems there before, they just got a whole lot bigger because you can't go anywhere to escape. It's not like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the gym. or going to go out with my friends. You couldn't go anywhere. So if you didn't like your spouse before, 
Yeah, it's, I, it's, I, it's, it's I sad. I yeah. find it ironic, though, you know, like I just have to say, I find it really ironic that you said you wanted to spend the rest of your life with this person. <laughs> But only in three-hour spots. Right, right. Yeah. Like in only three-hour increments. Like, I only want three hours with you, and then I want to go to sleep. And when I wake up, we'll eat breakfast together, and then you need to go. I, right? Isn't that horrible? I don't want to see you all day. <laughs> I love you so much that I only spend, I want to spend as little time with you as possible. Like, that's terrible. Right? Yeah. Like, I just, I find that really ironic that we've become so programmed. Yes. To not spend time with our families. Right. That when we're put in a position where we are forced to spend time with them, we realize we don't actually like them. That's horrible. <laughs> it is. It's terrible. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I kept telling my clients, look, this is an opportunity for you to do the things you've always wanted to do. Right. It's and true. You've never had the, you want to go hiking with your partner? That's the one thing we're allowed to do. Yes. Right? The only thing. <laughs> uh, it's the one thing. So go for a walk with your partner, make it a daily thing. Yes. Go check out all the different aspects of the Bruce Trail. Just hike a different mm-hmm. section of the Bruce Trail every day. Get out in nature together and, and talk to each other. Right. Right. Play games. When's the last time you sat down with your family and played a game? It's you very know? true. And they yeah. were just like, I don't want to be in the house. First. I'm like, <laughs> okay, but. But when you said, you know, till death do us part. Right. What you, what you really meant was until 9 a.m. And then mm. I go to work. And then, you know, we can resume our vows at, at 6 p.m. when I get home. Oh, my. That yeah. doesn't work, right? No, it doesn't. It's almost like the great reset, you know, like people yeah, have to really think about what it means to be in relationship with your children, with, with your partner, with your parents, whoever, and be conscious, like to be intentional right. about how you're going to make this relationship work. It's true. Cause then what happens when you retire or now when the kids go off to school and you have all this additional time that you didn't have before together, then what? You and know, you can't stand you, each other. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's sad. It's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, marriage relationship of any kind is, you know, almost by definition, it, it's a partnership, which means that there's going to be a give and a take yeah, and a constant negotiation. You know, it's not just something that you negotiate pre, pre the nuptials. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's like true. every day is a negotiation. How much time do you need to get this thing done? Can you cook this? Can you clean this? Can right. you drive the kids to school? Right. Like all yeah. of those logistical things, but it's also, will you, will you allow me the freedom? to feel this emotion. Yes. Yeah, that's good. You no. Know, will you give me the space to have a bad day? Right. Right. Can I have permission to go and sit in a cabin by myself so that I can write without distraction? Right. right? Like yeah. all of those, all of those things, you know, and my husband says like, I really just, I really just want to play guitar for the next two hours. I'm like, dude, play. Yeah. Right. Play, play on, play it through the amp so I can get jazzed up and I can write a couple of chapters while you're making music, you know? Yeah. Um, I if love he it. wants to watch hockey, go ahead and watch hockey. Just because yeah, I don't want to do it doesn't mean that you, you exactly. know, that, that you can't. Like you can watch hockey while I do something. We're still, we're enjoying the things that make us us, but we're still yes. able to do that within right. the umbrella of a relationship, right? Yeah, it's true. 
I love yeah, that. So when, when people are like, oh, I just don't think I can do this. I'm like, okay, so you stop negotiating. Mm-hmm. You stop communicating. That's why you're having difficulty. Yeah, it's very true. So maybe a little retreat, maybe a little bit of time with the psychology yes. graduates. <laughs> I'm so excited you both are in school. But yeah, I love that. I love that that idea of just creating a place where people can come and explore what's going on with them in a safe, yes. creative, warm, loving way. You know, like right. therapy is cool. And, and we have all sorts of different kinds of therapy in my practice. Like we've got someone that does, we actually have two art therapists in our, ther- in our clinic and we're doing all sorts of really cool stuff, but it's still a clinic. Yeah. Right. Like it, when people come in, like they're coming for therapy, but to have a place where they can go and say, I'm, I get to sleep. I get to sit in silence. I get to journal, yes. I get right. to hike, I get to exercise and I get to talk about what's going on emotionally and process that. <laughs> exactly. Think that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's super cool. Yeah, I, I don't know if we'll be able to wait another three or four years to start. So if it's sooner than that, you're already on top of the list. We'll be calling you. <laughs> we <laughs> oh, need your you help. <laughs> well, you know, like you said, just like you don't need a, you don't necessarily need a piece of paper to minister to people. Right. You don't necessarily need a piece of paper to run a retreat. Yeah. Either. Right. right? Like as long yeah. as you have those people who are qualified and able right. to do those aspects that you cannot do. That's You're true. good, but I think yeah. it's, I think it's so cool. I've seen a lot of stuff on the internet lately about running retreats and that sort of thing. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's again, it's, you know, I think emotionally, psychologically people have hit a tipping point where they're just so tired. Yes. It's they're true. So tired. They need something to help them reset. Last thing I'm going to ask you. Uh, what would you, I know you've already said these really awesome three things. I'm going to reiterate them for the audience. Do it afraid. Remember that people are the same wherever you go and learn to be open to new experiences. I love those three pieces of advice. They're amazing. But if there's one more thing that you could tell our listeners about following their purpose. Okay. What would that be? I would say that if you don't follow through on your God-given purpose, it will drive you crazy until you decide to do it. Like that was for me, the things that I shied away from, or I was afraid to step out. That feeling, it was like a nagging feeling that I need to do it. I need to do it. And that nagging feeling didn't go away until I stepped into that place, right? Which is the place where we all need to be, right? Like all of us are different. And God created each of us different with a different purpose. And the other thing that I would say is that that purpose is not just to benefit yourself and your family, but others, right? Because when you step into that purpose, then that your neighbor or your friend is like, wait a minute, I know how afraid they were to do that. So if they can do that, that's going to give me courage to follow my own path, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so we have to realize that it's not just about us. Yes, it will benefit us, but it's going to benefit so many others. And you have no idea by you stepping out, how that's going to impact somebody else's life, how it's going to change them, transform them. And you're also transformed because then you're in the spot that you're supposed to be at. I always say the happiest place is when you're in the will of God. So I've tried a whole lot of other things and try to veer away or try to take the comfortable path. And then I was just miserable, losing sleep. And I'm like, wait, I don't have the peace that I really want to have. And that's Mm -hmm. because God was like, you need to follow what I've asked you to do. And when you do that, then you'll see other things unfold that you've been waiting to unfold. So 
Awesome. That's so yeah. great. And and I just I have to I have to say, and I've already told you this, but I, I just I want to reiterate that, you know, you never know who's watching. Yes. Right. Because a lot of times people will be watching and they'll be inspired, but they don't feel like they can tell you. Yeah, that's right? true. So I'm, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I've been watching. <laughs> I've been watching and I have been inspired. And it is because of you that I have taken some of the steps that I have taken in my own journey because I'm like, okay, little Cassandra Summers can do it. <laughs> Guys, she called me by my maiden name. Oh, yes, girl. <laughs> right? If, if Kathy yeah. look yeah. at, you know, like I've often said that over the years to myself. Look at, look at Casco. Like, look at her over there at Laura Secord leading choir. You know, look at her doing <laughs> this thing over here. And I've always thought to myself, like, that measure of confidence, because that's what we see. Right? right. We don't see right. the internal turmoil that you're going that's through very to true. get to where you are. We just see what you're doing. Right. And I see that and I'm like, that right there, that right there is why I will not be afraid. Oh, that, that right. means so, so much. I, I wanted you to know that because especially coming I, from you. Wow, because you're a trailblazer. Oh, so um, but yeah, I think it's important. <laughs> and I'll just say this to the audience too, that it is important that if you have an opportunity to share with people how they've impacted your life, you should do it. Don't yes. wait. So I'm just going to toss that out to the audience as well. Like when, when you see people doing awesome things and it inspires you, please let them know. Yeah. that's, that's <laughs> a really great takeaway. Yeah. yeah. Reach out, reach out to Cass and tell her how awesome she is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where can people find you on the interweb, madam? On the interweb, the grand web. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> On Facebook, it's under my name, Cassandra Powell. On Instagram, it's under Powell House Co. That's all one word or soul songs and shenanigans. You can find me in those places. Yeah. Awesome. And I, ha I had a Twitter account, but I didn't keep up with it. So they keep sending me emails. We miss you. I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> we have no time for tweet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You don't miss me. All right. I'm going to put, <laughs> I'm going to put all your stuff on in the show notes. Okay. So please go and check her out. Follow her Instagram, listen to the podcast, uh, also hosted on anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm and look for soul songs and shenanigans, you will find her there, but you can also access it from her bio in Instagram and just hit the link tree and you'll find the episodes there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know you're thank you for so having me. <laughs> it's all good. This is <laughs> my pleasure. Like literally hunted you down to get right. You to get <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for doing Thanks this. for I having really me. It. It's been a joy to spend a little extra time with you. Yay. Thanks again. <laughs> all right. Take care. Bye, everyone. That's it for this episode. We will see you in 15 days for the next installment in Freedomology Season 2. Thank you for listening to this episode of Freedomology. Please reach out to me. Let me know how you're enjoying the show. Do you have any suggestions for us? Any guests that you'd love for us to interview? 
You can share your feedback, thoughts, and comments with us on our Instagram page at leverage underscore you. That is leverage underscore you. While we appreciate open, honest communication, we please ask that you keep your comments respectful. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you. Until next time, this is your host, Julie Christensen, saying farewell, be well, and live well. Thanks for listening to Freedomology.